Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 21 Dreams of Fire and Shadow Threedak slowly pushed her plate of meat aside. The invader looked unappetizing, a struggling mass of raw muscle traced with visible clusters of nerves and veins pumping a blackish substance that appeared to function as blood. Its surface was covered in sores and abrasions where it had been bodily pried from the suit. She wrinkled her nose and picked her tongue out to taste the air. Beyond the musty scent of the room's wood paneling and the Kintasha's pleasant day sandy taste, Redax sense detected the tang of blood metal. She reached out and picked up the writhing invader. The thing was almost four feet long and required both of her graspers to keep the twisting form from slipping from her grasp. Hesitantly, she glanced at Katash. Her daughter saw Threedak's unspoken question and nodded. The invader is safe to eat, her daughter responded. The analyst that ate the last one didn't suffer any ill effects, but she was shaken by the experience. She was checked out afterwards and showed no ill effects, but the information she gave us was fragmented and disjointed. I suspect that she didn't have the context to put everything in place, and that is part of why I came to you. Both... For your experience, Katash tapped the side of her head with a crossbow. You have more lives stored away than any of us. You have history absorbing the memories of a completely alien being in a way that the rest of us don't. From our first awakening, we've always grown up knowing about humans and normalizing their lives. For many of us, it's second nature to adopt the measurements and idioms of an entirely foreign race. We don't even notice the expressions all native to Dodge versus the entirety human counterparts anymore. But mother, Katash continued, you have made this leap before. You've peered into new minds and made sense of the jumble within. Plus, with the experience and the perspective of all the humans as opposed to just a smattering that you're the most prepared to actually sort the situation out. Also, Katash shrugged, there was also the matter of impact. If you see what our analyst saw, you'll have a better idea as to whether she was exaggerating the situation. With any luck, you'll be able to garner an inspiration or insight into the foes that our less well-rounded Dodge Tal might have not been able to. If possible, I would prefer our decisions to be made by someone who has actually peered inside our foe. Threedak nodded to her daughter and sat on her eating couch. Usually, consuming memories was a fairly straightforward process, but it hadn't been unknown to startle or stun a dodge doll into losing their balance. She pulled the vile, wriggling mass to her maw and bit down on it. The thick, black liquid, almost resembling oil, oozed out of the severed tentacle. Immediately, the membranes covering her eyes flicked in disgust. The texture of the limb itself was rubbery, but the muscle was a little too smooth and elastic for her comfort. Her complaint over the texture barely formed. Threedak recoiled as the taste hit her tongue, bitter and peppery with a plastic finish. Wretched. 
She let the flesh slither down her throat, still twisting as it danced to the changes of the severed and forgotten nerves. Before the first chunk of meat hit her stomach, three Dak was already digging into the invader as it thrashed weakly in her grasp. Lump after lump, worm drove its way down to her gullet as three Dak did her best that she could to consume as much of the creature as possible before she started peering into its mind. Then the memories hit. Three Dak was no longer in her own scales. No. No longer possessed anything resembling skin or scales. Instead, she was a massive spaceship, 19 kilometers long, little more than a hangar for supply shuttles, ram scoop for fuel and engine, and room for her. Her body stretched throughout the entire ship, tweaking knobs and electrical circuits hooked directly into a nervous system to ensure that exactly the right levels of water, protein, and nutrients were fed into her body. Satisfied with the added potential biomass, Redak grew. Her perception turned to the cells near the rear of her ship and fed them to material and nervous impulses that they would need. Her flesh, a collection of nerves and muscles, expanded at a rate visible to the eye. A pinkish-gray wall growing to fill her environment... She felt the confines of her ship pressing up against her and constraining her. The feeling was alien. There wasn't any sense of pain or pressure. Simply a knowledge that she could no longer grow any further that way. She stopped, mentally sending out a call to the rest of the fleet. Floating next to her was another flesh barge and two of the heavy factory ships, all around the same size as her. Adjusting her senses as naturally as she could her eyes, Dredak glanced around the rest of the fleet. Distantly, she could feel her body a dodge, gasp, and fall back into her couch. A cloud of freighters and processing ships surrounded three core vessels, only about six kilometers in length each, bigger than the Empress Dredak. They contained the resources and biomass the fleet needed for its task. Beyond them, with twelve great fleets positioned in a sphere around her ship, the fleet's handful of glittering sand in the emptiness of deep space, of deep space possessed well over one hundred torch and capital ships apiece. Threedak felt the black ichor that served as her blood run cold. Those were the defensive fleets, the core of her race never actually entered systems, instead lurking on the extreme periphery where wormholes were more easily formed. They relied upon massive fleets of scavengers and smaller ships to scour entire soda systems for resources to feed into their massive maw. Essentially, it was impossible for any enemy to find the home fleet. They never entered the system, instead hiding outside of sensor range where they could easily be warned away by in-system scouts and relay stations, disappearing long before they could be discovered by interloping ships. Their databases contained no information on its location. In fact, they had no databases to rate at all. All information was kept solely within the synapses of the cluster of muscles and flesh that crewed the ship. Theoretically, impossible for an opponent, no matter how technically adept, to steal the information. On Dodge, Threedak could distantly feel Katash press a damp rag against her forehead, trying to soothe her frothing and thrashing body. She grinned, 
Despite the roiling emotions caused by the disassociation of her experience, this was what she'd been missing, to finally be involved in the front lines of the Empire once more, contributing in the same way her daughters did. She did outthought and outplanned her foes. Daughters. Her perspective shifted once more to the feet surrounding her. She was Vanguard Beta, the second great flesh ship of the host. She did not have daughters, just extensions of herself, severed and poured into ships, tanks, and small construction suits needed for the host's mission. She flexed her mind in confusion, feeling the extensions of herself dimly in about half of the surrounding ships. Each vessel had its own nerve clusters and was capable of limited thought. They were still part of either Vanguard Beta or a sister, Alpha. When they acted, it might appear independent, certainly. She wouldn't have immediate knowledge of their actions until they moved within broadcasting range. The independence was a lie. They moved without her will just as much as her tail would twitch, then poked or prodded a dormer instinctively, and without conscious control. Tail? Beta's thoughts roiled. She didn't have a tail. She was a ship with loosely connected peripheral organs in a shape of the other ships used to fight off pests that claimed resources for the host. She concentrated on the Vanguard's mission, having to center herself for the first time in centuries. For some reason, she could feel an alien inquisitiveness within her asking questions, seeking basic knowledge that was a simple basis for her being. The host consisted of the Masters and the Vanguard. The Masters created the Vanguard over a millennia ago, dispatching the Vanguard into space to pave the way for them as heralds. Over the intervening years, the eight great flesh barges of the Vanguard expanded, cleansing trails through the vastness of space away from the whole world where the Masters waited. Her sisters and her crew in size and biomass, fueling great fleets which they used to cleanse their zones of the pests that might trouble the Masters. Once a zone was cleansed, they would pause and build a great gleaming cities for masters to inhabit once they left the homeworld. They crafted paradises on worlds within the appropriate tolerances of the masters and left extensions of themselves, slowly working in multi-century process of terraforming worlds that didn't quite meet those exacting standards. On the moons and the asteroid belts, they built stations, mines, and factories that the masters would want when they stepped into their new homes. As the exodus continued, foe after foe ground into dust and their worlds perfected for the masters. They never actually encountered the beings. Beta knew that they existed. After all, how could they not? They created her. Despite this, she never wondered why the great cities and fully developed soda systems never saw the arrival of the masters. Still, she had extensions, and many of them, even those a mere handful of light years from her homeworld, they sent updates as they performed final tweaks, ensuring that the moons had the right oxygen to nitrogen ratio to be perfectly compliant to the masters' lungs, fiddled with the albedo on a world too cool and just enough to make it balmy paradise. Still, after all those years, they never saw the Masters, not even a single scout ship to check their progress. Why was she thinking about these things? Beta renumerated, trying to determine where the strange chain of intrusive thoughts had come from. 
This should have been perfectly ordinary day. Day? A word thought was cycle. It should have been perfectly ordinary cycle during which she put together a final fleet to destroy the race of pink bipeds clogging up the galactic arm. They fought well, better than most, but not as well as some. But ultimately, their fleets lay dead in space, nothing but processed materials and biomass for the fleet. All that remained were their last core worlds, impressively guarded sanctuaries that would be perfect for the masters once they left the homeworld. It didn't matter that this world was almost eighty years from the homeworld by the fastest series of wormholes. Betas, directives didn't contemplate stopping. The masters wanted the vanguard to expand until told otherwise. Her engines rumble. What if the masters were dead? What gave her the right to simply snuff out races so far from home and steal their resources? Something was wrong. These thoughts were not beta. Something insidious had invaded her, an enemy of the mind that was not contemplated. Frantically, Beta swung her scanners to and fro, looking for a ship that had snuck close enough for her to attempt to access her neural network. This should not be possible. Yet, it clearly was so. She found nothing lingering outside her ship, yet those thoughts did not belong to her. Distantly, she felt a body, a small, frail thing. This should and could not be so. Somehow, this thing was invading her, attempting to rip the secrets of the masters from her. Beta's vision pulsed and went red. Her perception swarmed through her body, looking for the offending parts, neurons that tasted alien and wrong. In a fraction of a second, she found them, a cluster that was set to be turned into a worker and ground warrior. Distress and anger flashed through her as she shunted her cells aside, frantically pouring them into a suit to which they were assigned. A blade closed over her flesh with a slight stugging sensation. It was gone, part of the new worker. Her perception blurred. Worker blinked, its scanners clattering its four metal legs against the ground as it stood up inside the vanguard beta. It was not set to incarnate as at least five days. Sloppy, it tried to contact beta for information and was met with a wall of rage, alien and burning Beta consumed the queries, tearing them from the worker and refusing to respond. Worker queried again, unsure what to do as it poured through its neural databanks. Threedak lost focus and came back to herself. Dorma stood nearby, speaking to Katash in a hangry hushed whispers. She winced, feeding the pain of the IV embedded in her grasper. She lifted her head groggily. Are you mad, Friedak? Dorma shouted at her as she noticed that she was awake. Your mind almost gave out twice, and your heart did give out once. Please, oh great empress, tell me that your infinite wisdom made you think that consuming an alien you knew to be completely foreign would be a good idea. Water, she croaked, taking a pull from the offered cup before responding. I thought it was be safe. Katasha, there was the previous... Baskin has PTSD, Dorma interjected, throwing a heated glance at Katash. The military only bothered to check a body. Of course, they wouldn't worry about something as complex as a mind. The poor thing is just whispering about the masters half the time. Of course, she isn't doing fine. Please, Threedak raised a grasper, her head being powdered. This truly will be the last time. Dorma, 
Relak looked at her unconvinced doctor before turning to her daughter. Katash, it is time for us to all meet. I have uh, not been well, and there is many things I need to discuss with you and your sisters, both of a personal nature and with regard to the well-being of the Empire as a whole. For now, I need a rest, but all of you should return to attend me here tomorrow for dinner. Mother... Katash trailed off slightly. Aren't you going to return to the Meridian Station? If you aren't well, it would be best to bring Dorma back with equipment so that she can care for you properly. No, Kat, Threedak replied affectionately, reaching out and taking her daughter's hesitant grasper in both of her own. This is where things began, and there is no need for Dorma's equipment now. If anything, I'm a dodge tall of symbolism and habit. If we're going to complete the cycle, I'll do so on my own terms and in the proper way of things. Gather your sisters. We will meet again tomorrow. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.